This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon how's it going excellent doc uh really good to be back again i think uh we uh, we need to get Lorato back on the show. We were talking about uh, sport and and you know younger players and 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 particularly the uh, involvement of uh, of women in sport. And Banyana Banyana went out and won the Aisha Buhari Cup, beating Nigeria four two in Lagos. So well done to our ladies and Lorato. Keep the mooty coming. We need you. Uh, we need you back on the show. Fantastic. Preferably before we play the All Blacks. Uh, yeah, absolutely right, Gordon. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, I did see that result, and, and well done to 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 them. Now, Gordon, today changing tech, we have a, a grown up show today. Gordon, we've got to be sharp here. We're talking a lot of stuff. We're talking consulting, houses, buying ad agencies, vertical integration, selling off certain services, buying others. It's a it's a complicated show, so we're going to have to hold it together. Um, and with that. I want to welcome Hayden Townsend, uh, Managing Director of Accenture Interactive Africa. Hayden, thanks so much for taking the time to spend with us. I know you, you're hell of a busy and we do appreciate your time. No, absolutely. Thanks, Doug, Gordon. That's a bit of pressure you're putting on there. It feels like we're going to a higher grade show, so I don't know if I'm qualified. <laughs> I've been a bit random in the last week or two, Hayden. The docs uh, got me on a strict sort of intellectual... Uh, <laughs> intellectually predictable diets. I'm going to I'm going to ignore all your amazing innovations on your website and I'm going to just be literal and linear. <laughs> <laughs> now Gordon, I'm gonna no, leave uh, I'm gonna leave the clever stuff to Hayden and he can take us through it. I think Hayden straight up. I mean it's been just a, around a year that you've taken over the, the reins of the big chair, the MD at uh, Accenture Interactive. Uh, and one of your first comments in, in the release that came out about a year ago was that you 
want to really move that agency forward and and uh, as a, as an experienced agency. And I mean, again, we'll get into the main news of of the day, the King James acquisition in a second. But just tell us about the year and how it's gone for you and 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 what your experience been like there. Man, I I was one of the 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 crazy few to walk the floor, um, as I've I've now come to to call it. Just um, as COVID hit, right? I mean, it was it was it was quite a a, a a traumatic experience, I guess, joining a new company and like I, I literally bumped into my um, head of SNC uh, the other day, and and we were sitting in the office and we were chatting away as if we kind of you know been together all the time and a year and a half later and eventually just realized geez we actually hadn't met each other in person yet so that's been kind of the story you know like you think you know somebody you're there and then only you realize we actually haven't had that connection so I I kind of went in started um, I say started we actually kind of had already initiated a bit of the fjord practice which was the design practice so but I came across with this kind of ambition to grow out interactive to kind of what's clearly becoming manifest now where we're starting to go. But it's been it's been a very, a very difficult journey personally because I'm a very social person. You know, I, I talk about kind of the agency game being a team sport and you grow up in kind of brainstorming and bouncing of people and having a drink at the bar and all of that just got taken away. I actually think you you referenced uh, in, our, in our earlier chat, the fjord trends, and that's one of the big trends, right? The collective displacement. Yeah. So I lived through that and it's, it's been a, it's, it's been a difficult personal journey, but professionally it's been amazing because I've actually managed to get such support and learned so many new things in an organization that operates so differently to what I was used to, and I'm sure we can touch a touch a, a quite a bit on that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Adam. And we're certainly going to get into that. You know, I want to touch on some of those trends. I mean, you you also wrote an article amongst a whole lot of other things about changing consumer behavior. But certainly, you know, in going through the last year, we've we've also lived through it. I mean, everyone's lived through COVID too, yeah. to, and however they've managed it. And and you know, we've spoken to some advertising top guys who who have had similar things, you know, saying that battle from a creative point of view to get the teams together. And they've obviously learned the tool. I'm not talking about the physical tool of Teams or Zoom. That's just a, a piece of software, but the yeah. mechanic of, of spontaneity and, and all the rest of it. And I think straight in, I mean, having the big news of, of the last few weeks has been the acquisition of King James. And so now you're really into a major creative play there. Um, let's just talk a little bit about that. How did that come about, come about and, and what are the expectations of, of that acquisition going forward? Sure, yeah. Needless to say, very excited. I'm, I've always been a personal um, fan of the King James business and both Alistair and, and James themselves individually. And I mean, I, I've said it um, before, the accolades speak for themselves. And, um, you know, when, when I started this, this conversation, and maybe I should just lay the the context of Accenture Interactive, um, because I don't I don't think people um, in our market fully grasp it yet, and because it's, it's a it's a global model that we are starting to replicate and build out here. But effectively, we've got four pillars, and we go to great length to um, you know stress we're not a holding company, and and that's a material it's a material thing we. We'll talk, talk maybe a bit about how, how we treat brands in this organization. 
but we effectively become one company, one entity, you know, one share price. We operate as one globally, right? So within that, in Interactive, you've got these four key components to the business. And we call them pillars, um, so they're not companies. And in those pillars, we do have multiple brands sometimes. So let's start with the design pillar. Service design, experience design. I think we all know that the customer experience agenda and that battle is the next frontier. And we've got a very strong practice there, probably led by Fjord, which was our first global acquisition. Um, from an interactive point of view, that is many, many years ago. That's now about, you know, interactive is going for about 12 years now. So that was one of the earlier ones. Um, and that is a design business. And in there are other brands like Instituum and Bloom and a bunch of others. In that pillar, we in South Africa actually brought that business first. So Accenture brought Fjord to South Africa about five, six years ago. So that's probably the birth of Interactive in South Africa, right? Um, but people kind of having been exposed to that sometimes think that is the one side of it. That's just one pillar. The next pillar is the bold pillar where all of our technology and marketing technology and ad technology, all of that sits in there but also all about digital product build capabilities. You know, all of the, the, the front-end, back-end devs, scrum masters, agile coaches, all of those kind of things sit in there. And then we've got the communicate pillar, which is probably a classic ad holding company, right? From, and I often joke from kind of TV to TikTok, you know, or from TV to a please call me, we kind of cover the full remit in communicate. And then we've got a run pillar, which is very much about ongoing rate optimization, performance marketing, all of those components. And those are the four pillars. Now, if you look at where we were, right, being born out of a technology DNA, the MarTech and technology capability was baked into what Accenture does. So it was quite an easy step into going into Salesforce or Adobe or into SAP CX or any of those areas. And the design businesses were good 10, 12 years old already, so quite established. What was completely underrepresented was the communicate pillar and the run pillar. So when you look at what King James brings to that party, it's such a perfect marriage on paper. Now, we had long debates. We've got amazing global brands, right? Strategically, do you buy or build, right? I mean, this is a, this is a classic conundrum that faces anyone. And when you look at the brands like Droga 5, you know, arguably the best agency in the world, voted agency of the decade at Cannes. My initial reflex was I should bring Droga to South Africa, right? And then I was like, but, 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 and there are so many other components. So that's kind of where it all came about and why it happened. Yeah, yeah that, that, the Droga 5 thing is, is for me, was, was the signal that, that the axis of the world was shifting at a remarkable rate. That was, I think, 2019. And, yeah. you know, I, I had kind of been involved to a degree with Accenture many, many years ago on the auditing, media auditing front, where it was pretty bog standard, predictable media. You know, I mean, media auditing is crucial. We understand third party scrutiny and all that kind of thing, but it's not the most exciting end of the business by a long shot. So uh, for me, when Droga 5 was, was you know, acquired into, into the network, I thought that was a massive signal. And, and I just, I'm still trying to get my head around how 
greenhouses became the hottest creative property on the planet. It's it's a marvelous story. Uh, you know the uh, yeah. Hopefully somebody's going to write a book. The Saatchi's wrote their book on the rise and rise of uh, Saatchi and Saatchi back in in the nineties. Uh, they didn't bring out a second one because the collapse was more spectacular than the rise. But, um, yeah, you know, that's, there's just an amazing uh, story in there, the, the Drogo 5 acquisition. So, you know, now having seen that in 2019, then the King James acquisition makes so much more sense to me uh, against the global lens. Gordon, the, the interesting thing is kind of, and, and um, you will know well knowing the media industry so well. I actually think, now that I think back when I was at AAA, I may even had one of your textbooks that I used. So this is a bit of an honor here as well. So let me put that on the record here. <laughs> speaking speaking about professionals. <laughs> See, Doc, um, please, Doc it's sometimes, sometimes the Demarks actually crack it as well, eh? Yes, yeah, so good enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Last week we were chatting about you battling to read your rugby program to see who you guys were playing against. So clearly you were better at writing than reading. Well, I've, I've written down one of Hayden's keywords, yeah, Scrum Master, but uh, I, you know, I, you know, just trying to figure where that one comes in. I'll have to Google that one. I'm sorry, we're interrupting you. Yeah. I promise you'll be linear no, today. No, no, be responsible. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, with the media thing, and we started out initially kind of media audit performance, and then, you know, the kind of industry had a bit of a moment and went, how can you be judge and jury, you know, or, yeah. you know, and, and eventually the decision was the game is not so much in, in, in that part. It was, and, and I think full credit, of course, to Brian Whipple, right, who saw this vision good 10, 12 years ago. I mean, to build a 10 plus billion dollar business over such a relatively short period of time. I mean, it's just unheard of. And it's based on vision. And of course, vision backed by Accenture. Let's not, let's not pretend that there, there isn't a big engine and a massive, you know, um, appetite for investments sitting behind all of that. So, but having said that, this kind of future facing view that the customer and that the consumer is going to become more important and more impacted by technology than before. So if you look at a company that's very much about back office technology, you know, we've been doing kind of SAP implementations and Oracle and all of those things for decades. And then seeing how technology is drifting closer to the consumer, right? As we start moving into Web 2.0, which is probably around... I think the term gets coined in around 2004, where consumers start talking back to brands. They start seeing, well, there's this technology that's actually migrating that way. And then you see the birth of all these big companies, the sales forces of the world, and the, you know, with, with SAP buying Hybris, and you know, the list goes on. They all start going that way and not, not staying in this back office lane. And then to know the important thing is that. When you get closer to the consumer, you start dealing with human beings. So what happens? You start bringing in emotion, right? We start now talking about insight. Now we start needing creativity. Now you start needing things that the kind of left brain analytic tech heavy mind probably didn't embrace and or understand. But there was this vision to say, once we get closer to the technology, we're going to have to be more creative. We're going to have to be more insightful. We're going to have to be more empathetic. And then you look at that journey of acquisitions towards bringing in empathy and design thinking, and then it makes sense. Then you go like, okay, now if I stitch this together, 
because I'm closer to the consumer, I need to act in a very different way. And that's literally the journey. You can almost see the acquisitions bring empathy, emotion, design thinking, creativity into the mix over that 12 year period, which is it's quite an interesting thing to observe. Yeah. Well, it certainly is interesting, yeah, Doc? No, I was just gonna say, uh, you know, Hayley, just, and, and, and I guess the next the move now that is, that is current and maybe current for me, maybe it's been on your radar for a bit is the whole move, the extension of CX now into the business of experience, so taking it one step further. And, you know, and I guess most companies would say, we know our customers, we love our customers, but a lot of the times that's just lip service. But I mean, you guys are really driving that process with some major clients now at, at really understanding that, that sort of BX from CX top, uh, top thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the big shift, if we look at, if we look at the customer experience um, universe and its definitions, it was, it was all focused on optimizing the customer touch points, right? So websites, an application, a screen, an interface, a, a, a call center, anything that touched the customer, right? Or when I'm walking in a retail environment or I'm entering a bank and so forth. So we went through this period of probably over the last, I'd say, 10 years or so, I'm talking about the real early adopters, we're investing heavily in optimizing the front end, making user UX, right? User experience. Like we, coming to a clumsy website, would you turn and walk away? So we we obsessed about making the website experience better. That's why, you know, even Adobe, most guys talk about websites as experience now. They go like Adobe Experience Manager, what's your online experience? And we then put all this money in and started building it, but never quite connected with the rest of the business, right? So, and, and, and maybe it's kind of a clue to agency type thinking that's disconnected from business thinking, right? So we never impacted on the CIO or the CFO or the or supply chain or procurement or any of those areas. So we got to this point where we now starting to see diminishing returns in customer experience optimization because we're not going deep into the business. So, you know, if you can, if you can switch a bank account with a selfie, right? The reality is you're switching on the app, the beginning, but to open that bank account, it still needs to go into the system. It's still going to take you two, three days to get your account number. It's still going to take you 10 days to get your card. It's still, you still have to wait 72 hours for your home loan to be approved. That system's not connected to the front end. And that's what we're starting to look at more holistically. We're going, guys, if you just invest in the front end piece without bringing the entire C-suite along, with bringing the entire business along, we're going to come unstuck because you actually end up frustrating the customer because the online experience to buy my food was so amazing. And then the last mile means half my stuff arrived, right? It arrives two hours late. It, all of these things, it's a collective experience. So that's the shift that we're starting to see. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah, and you know, uh, the, the uh, Doc, I got so bogged down uh, today reading your uh, business agility report uh, 2020, I think it's the third edition of your business report, that I nearly pulled a zoomer and sent a sick note because I got so, so into it. It's absolutely fascinating. And it, 
I mean, we all pay lip service to this balance between sort of intuition and the human scale and, and, and the, the, the high tech kind of back end stuff. But what was of interest to me was in, in that uh, agility report, the four pillars were leadership, relationships, individuals, operations. There's 26 maturity measures, each of which in and of itself is interesting. But at the core of that whole uh, agility is still relationship, which, which for me is really important because Old school as, you know, as I am, you know, for me, I couldn't get my head around the, the, the fusion of the Accenture, the one that I used to know with this Jogger 5, King James thing. But now going through that agility report, it's really interesting to me to see how you're applying those agility factors to your own business, which I guess is the ultimate asset test. So, yeah, let's, you know, hopefully we finish up fairly shortly, Doc. I haven't finished the agility report. I've got to get back in there. It's really uh, it's fascinating, and I would urge anybody out there who's, who's looking at this in their own companies to to blend this high tech um, and, and and the human component. Is go and read that agility report. I mean, it's, it's obviously only the top end part of it, but it's really fascinating. So well done on that. I, you know, seeing those insights applied in a business and seeing that business evolving towards a, a clearly stated objective that for me is really interesting. Yeah, you know. Go, go sorry, ahead. Sorry. No, go, go for it. No, I was just, I mean, I, I, I haven't read that report and I've, I'll go and consume it immediately. But the principles, absolutely spot on, right? For me, that just listening to, to where it's coming from. And, and you know, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, to understand it a lot more. But the notion of, of combining creativity in new and interesting ways to kind of old business models, to old constructs to very rigid formulaic constructs is what's really exciting for me. And we've seen pockets of it, um, but it requires a new mindset also, um, one of speed and one of kind of being open to this level of change, you know, this exponential change that's affecting us all the time and building a system that can actually handle that, you know, versus taking these long cycles of change, you know. So that's something also that we're working on in the operating model. Yeah. The system starts with the people as well, which I think is, is crucial. And, and, and again, on your website, there's a phrase leapt out at me, um, particularly with reference to media. You talked about from seeing what's on to streaming what's in, which leads back to your earlier comment on TikTok. The game has changed. We had TikTok on, on, a, web, uh, on a podcast a couple of weeks back, and we talked about the difference in creativity that old media, you created a message and you use traditional media to bash into my world but with something like tiktok you the tiktok the medium and the message are fused into one offering and you start inside my world and i become not the the target but i become the amplification point so uh yeah from seeing what's on to streaming what's in just resonated with me as making a lot of sense that's that's the challenge these days yeah, you know, the, the, there are a couple of components to, to this thing also with the, with the evolution of the mediums that we're starting to be able to play with. That's like one, one key driver, right? And, and it happened when, 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 I guess, you know, when radio moved to TV, we started putting radio ads on TV, right? So we didn't know what to do with the medium. So we actually just had a black screen with a logo and a radio ad basically playing 
And then over time, we realized we could play with this quite differently. We could use it in new ways and then storytelling and then all of these things evolved. And I think these new channels, like the likes of our kind of TikTok and what's happening, and even last week, um, Ray-Ban Stories, right? So Facebook launches this interactive augmented reality, um, cloud-based connected device. And we start moving into a world without handsets, right? So this is one of the things that's really intriguing us go, if there is no handset and we are fused through your glasses and now it's no longer some clunky old piece of tech, it's a sexy pair of Ray-Ban wayfarers, mm. which is virtually indistinguishable from the technology. It then just becomes so democratized. And now how do we then connect with consumers in that world where we needed to start to overlay and use augmented reality and commerce starts linking with service, starts linking with, with communication and all of these things fuse into one. You know, those changes, you need creative people who are open to those changes, who want to embrace it, not only can, who want to embrace it because some people like just making great TV ads and nothing wrong, right? I love a great piece of storytelling. But this new world is so exciting and so different. And that's the kind of creativity we're trying to unleash. Yeah, it is interesting, Hayden. And you talk about that, that meshing. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I guess like with any uh, sort of moment in time, how many of the traditional big agencies of today can make that move into embracing tech and pulling their uh, stream of clients along with them versus those that, that perhaps don't. Now, Hayden, just... Speaking a little bit about, you wrote an article a few months ago in, in heavy lockdown about the changing face of the consumer. And I think we've all seen it to a degree. We're all consumers ourselves. And, and I guess our patterns have, have changed slightly or changed dramatically. And I mean, you're writing an article yeah. uh, around it. Would you mind just taking us through some of the thinking, the article, the pandemic has displaced consumers and what does that mean for marketers? Yeah, so... I mean, we, uh, uh, the Fjords trend is probably the, the best encapsulation of that. We do this, this every year. And what we're constantly looking for is what are the next levers? What are the next drivers? What is going to influence what we're doing? So, you know, when I look at the fraud trends, I always find it interesting. And I, I kind of incidentally followed it way before I actually got here, you know. And it's always been something that's actually um, kept me looking forward, right? So, so. I mean, maybe, I, maybe I'll jump through some of those quite quickly. Um, and, you know, you can also go, go check it out. But some of the key things we're finding is this notion of collective displacement, right? Um, and, and we kind of, if you look at it and, and seeing how the world has fundamentally changed for all of us almost overnight, right? We started living differently. Everything starts changing. And that's probably the key driver to most of the other stuff. So some of the other things we're starting to see come through is kind of this do-it-yourself innovation. We're seeing people no longer relying on companies to do stuff. So if you look at the explosion of content around it, people coming at home, this, this repurposing of everything and changing all of it has been a, a, a real interesting thing. But the ability to build stuff yourself, so the do-it-yourself industry, and that's going all the way into an interesting space in technology even. So with low-code and no-code, people are starting to be able to build little things and applications. This need to experiment and this kind of creative 
tide of people is coming out at home because you're almost trapped in there. Now, this is such a powerful trend if we can get a brand onto it to go, how do you enable people to do so much for themselves? And that's one of, one of the, the, the other big shifts. The notion of kind of um, empathy and this, it's become so huge, right? I mean, it's always been their brand purpose, but it's really exploded. I was reading um, an article the other day and the youngest millennial will turn 40 this year. I mean, it's staggering, right? It's not, it's not this kind of kids that you think of. The world's biggest transfer of wealth is currently under, underway, right? And the bulk of millennials, I think uh, it's around, I think the research was showing something like 63, 65% of millennials believe that businesses should exist to make the world better, not for profit, right? Now, for somebody who grew up in a shareholder value world, that's very hard to get your head around. They're like, what do you mean? How can you think a company mustn't make money? But I don't think it's about not making money. It's about making sure that you stand for more than just what you're making. Now, that thing's exploding. People care that you care. And it's going to translate into rands and dollars, right? So that's one of the the, the other key areas, and one that I really, really like is this need, but it's called interaction wanderlust. We all so locked onto our screens, and all screens are so templatized, right? It's such an interesting thing talking again to this need for creativity. So if you look at the way an e-commerce landing page looks, it's got a block, it's got a bit of product type, it's white, it's got a picture. It's all so templatized. Websites all have a burger menu and they go in. The screens we interact with. Now, the more we interact with screens, the more tired we get of the interface. And people are now starting to want more interaction. And, and with 5G, we're going to unlock augmented and extended reality. And I think it's going to become such a big thing for us because people want to interact more with it. So, I mean, there's a bunch of things I, I could go through that in detail. There's really some exciting pivots that are happening that, again, need us to think quite differently about the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Doc, I'm going to leave you to wrap up because we were getting to the end of time. But I, And I think you, you managed to, you know, sort of articulate that in a way which isn't threatening to, you know, you worry about millennials. I'm a baby boomer, you know, and uh, because what you've what I'm getting a sense of from yourself and, and just generally, you know, the uh, material I've been going through is this balance between the human component of it um, and, and, and the technology component. They're not mutually exclusive. And I think I'm, even I'm beginning to relax on that. But I'm just also going to leave you with a thought, Doc, that, you know, as a baby boomer, I think it was well established for guys of my age that the, that the very first hands-free medium uh, of all, and it was really important, would have been the drive-in because that's where we took our girlfriends. So if you didn't have hands-free at the drive-in, there was no point really. So interaction, augmented reality, whatever you want to call it, hands-free uh, media consumption, I believe, was invented by baby boomers. There we go. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and, and ironically, Gordon, you're speaking of drivings. I see some of it's coming back now. So, you know, uh, it's, yeah. uh, you know nothing's absolutely out of fashion. It's just the time that it, it, it kind of fades and, and now it's back. So uh, as long as you can, it's all good. Eden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave you with the responsible part to have a clean wrap-up to the show. We can't leave it where <laughs> we left it. 
Really great to have you. Thank you so much for, for making the time to, to join us. Fascinating and, and good luck. Really exciting to see us riding at the front end of, uh, you know, of a global curve rather than catching up for a change. That's really super. Thank you. Thanks, Gordon. And, and you, make a, you make a very important point there that, you know, this is, this is part of the uh, global curve. And, and wh what I've really been excited by in, in Accenture's appetite that I referenced earlier is the understanding that the world is one place, right? And that I can find the best talent anywhere in the world and unlock it on any business anywhere in the world. And that's been so refreshing, right? And, and with that, the 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 fact that we creatively punch so so significantly above our weight didn't go unnoticed and doesn't go unnoticed you know and and this is before david droger became our global ceo so people would go like oh yeah well he's a cre creative he would know you know this happened a year and a half ago these conversations started at that point they were going south africa has got something powerful that we can give to the world and, you know, we've got, we've got a GDP the size of Utah, right? One of the smallest states. Yet, we rank about seventh in the world on straight points shootout creatively. Can, DNAD, um, one show. You put it all together. We are completely out of our, out of our theoretical league. Yeah. So they look at that and went like, you know, my conversations was about, Hayden, find me the best we can get in South Africa for interactive globally. Yes, of course, it's a South African company, but the thinking is to say, how does this, how can we unleash this incredible talent on a broader um, ecosystem? So it, it's such an important point. It's a global acquisition in South Africa. It's not a South African acquisition for South Africa, which is, which is a really big, big, big kind of mind shift, you know? So yeah, thanks, thanks for, for, for that. Yeah. And that's wonderful news. And again, you know, as we always say each week to our listeners out there, you know, be part of the conversation. You know, if you want to interact, Hayden, how do people get hold of you on your social platforms? Uh, if, if they want to drop you a note yes. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I have to eat my own dog food, right? Or somebody said, drink your own champagne. Um, so, so, uh, whichever analogy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm there. I mean, you can just probably Google it um, and all of my, my the tags, tags will come up there. Yeah, that's great. And thanks very much. And again, you know, please, guys, out there, be part of the conversation. I mean, here's a company, as, as Hayden said, South African talent exported to the world and certainly the technology that we even using today zoom or teams or whatever allows for that so you know if you're a person who will back themselves and believe in yourself be part of it uh get hold of of, of hayden and or his team uh and put your hand up and thanks very much from from on behalf of gordon and myself we really appreciate your time and again i also wish you only the best uh you know into, into the future thank you thank you so much i mean it's uh, it's it's not only an exciting time, I guess, for our company. It's an exciting time for us as, as a space and where we are in the world. And I think, you know, this notion that South Africa really deserves to punch above our weight. I think the more we all get behind that, the more we can create more jobs, the more we can build out skills in this digital revolution. I think it will go a very long way to to fixing many, many other problems. So I'm really excited about the future. Thank you very much for the chance. Great. Okay, guys, listeners, uh, we'll catch you next week on The Doc and the Guru. Until then, catch you then. Ciao for now. 
And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.